Hey, listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Ah! Gore is love, baby. Shout out to Rap Snacks. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that occasionally dabbles into dabbing. My and name Rap is Greg Snacks. D. <laughs> I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we've got royalty in the house, and we're talking movies, film festivals, Rap Snacks, and so much more <laughs> as we welcome back everyone's favorite goth gangsta princess, Jill Gavargazian. GGP in the hizzy. But before we get into that, let me remind you, we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find our past episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your snack hole. And don't forget, you can find us on the social media. On Twitter, <laughs> we are at Nightmare Junk, and on on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. The <laughs> and I've, I'm always curious how people will react if this is their very first episode is one with the GGP. And you know it's what? It's you know We were going to go ahead and plug our events in October, but you know what? If you've been listening along, you know on October 6th, the Kansas City Horror Club. Uh, double feature at the drive-in. We're showing Night of the Creeps and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. $10 a car load at the Twin Drive-In. Um so go to Eventbrite, search up Drive-In Kansas City Horror, and it's there. And I don't know if we will have wrap snacks there, but I'm sure I they will be invited. They might be at the concessions. What? They might be wrap snacks at the concessions. talk to this drive-in place immediately. <laughs> and then save your energy, because next week we will be snacking on some wrap snacks as we road trip up to Atumwa, Iowa, for the Halloween Palooza Film Festival, where genius we are. We are special guests, and we're going to be playing the Nightmare Junkhead home game, the Game of Games. And we actually give you a little behind the sneak, uh, behind the curtains behind here. Behind the snack. Behind, behind the wrap snack. He said behind the sneak. We uh, just created a new topic that we are going to be debuting there, and yep. I don't know how your vocal pipes are going to handle it, genius. <laughs> but I'm going to make sure I got some tea with me, because there's going to be a lot of this. Indeed there will be. No, but... Uh, uh, do not come there for us. Obviously, show up for the films that they are going to be debuting there, as well as Halloween alumni uh, Nancy Keys mm-hmm. and Kathleen Kinmont. It's going to be a blast. But save your energy because then the following week on October nineteenth. Yeah, you're going to need your energy. On <laughs> we got some movies for you. Yes, we do. The fourth annual Nerdween Horror Marathon. We have three horror films. You do. We reveal the lineup as everything is uh, playing. And our theme this year, sci-fi sleaze. It's going to get ooey and gooey. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, save your energy because the following night at the Alamo Draft House, Dismember the Alamo. Four movies to uh, tantalize your titular palate. That didn't make sense, but that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll edit it in post. <laughs> right. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> but, so make sure we have a lot of events coming up in October. And I'm sure Jill herself will either add a lot of these or be doing things out, out in the the Kansas City community, as she does with the Horror Club, 
Slaughter Movie House, all of those things. So let's cut to the chase, you guys. You are here for one thing and one thing only. Rap you know snacks. her. <laughs> <laughs> you know her as the director of Call Girl, <laughs> The Stylist, Forty Two Counts. She wears many a hats, and in fact, you know she is wearing the tiara as we speak. Uh-huh. She is your favorite. She's our favorite. She is everyone's favorite. Goth gangster princess. Welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Jill Gavargazian. Sorry, I needed some more uh, music. My intro music was too early. <laughs> I, 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 normally, the adulations go on a little bit longer than that, so my apologies there. We do the Rap Snack song. Shout out to Migos. Let's hang out. I need a fourth member. <laughs> Always looking to expand the entourage. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that would be to plug your social media. So tell our listeners, where can they find you out onto the interwebs? Plug and promote away. I am Jill. Six Gavargazian. Um, you can find me at Jill Six with two X's all over the interwebs. Um, and Six Tape, two X's still everywhere. A Slaughter Movie House, a screening series I run. Every I, oh my, I'm running way too many social medias now. Also helping with the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and when you get to follow along your your social, because you know we're all. I'm very fortunate. I think with the podcast number one, to, it gave me a chance to interact with you, and dare I say, we become friends. So it's always nice though to kind of follow your adventures on social media with all the stuff that you're engaging in. So ultimately, from us here, congrats. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's following your journey into the, uh, the the world of film and beyond. And you can find her where any uh, rap snacks are sold. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan of wrap snacks. Everyone <laughs> needs to try them. It's my uh, mission on this earth to spread the word of wrap snacks. And this is my <laughs> first exposure to them in person because obviously I follow you on social media and I've seen your adoration of the wrap snack. Uh, the I one I had four flavors. Well, for you, these you guys brought in a representation try. of everything. You a could good thought, sampling. Yes, and I'll admit I'm hooked. It's a um. Yes, I do. Pro- I do professional rap snack sampling parties. <laughs> oh my god! It's like a Tupperware party, but the Tupperware parties are filled with like Trina honey dip and like you have to try each one. <laughs> Which one do you want to invest in? He says you pass out the sign up sheet and shit at the end. Fucking rap snacks. Sign me up. I'm there good we for go. it fan for life at this point uh but you've de- been doing a lot of things and obviously that's why we always were happy to have you back on the podcast but one i of love the things, being here we love having you here <laughs> most this definitely is, uh, you always class the join up when you're here but ultimately one of the things that you were just involved in last weekend that. uh was <laughs> oh no we, we we go to bat for you uh was the uh f this movie uh friend of the podcast patrick bromley put on that toby hooper tribute yes of which you were able to partake in i can't believe he hosted that by himself all day he, and he, for for and then for a while I'm like somebody bring this man food I'm not even in the same state or I would drive it over there some wrap snacks <laughs> I should have had them ordered in time to arrive on his doorstep that day Amazon delivery you know what yes. Patrick next time you do this if you do it again just know wrap snacks will be there for you yeah so Patrick he's great and he's a huge fan of Toby Hooper hosted an all day um, tribute for him live. And had different guests on every hour. Mm-hmm. Podcast come in. You guys recorded a little piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we were honored to be a part of it, but you killed it on that episode. Thank you. Uh, it was after all these big time guests. It was a bit intimidating. We're like, oh, just actresses that have worked with him, no big deal. And then I'll come. I'm just a super fan here to talk about Texas Chainsaw and why I love it. 
Well, no, but you're someone, you're an artist, though, that's influenced through Toby Hooper's work. You're a perfect person to have on as a guest for that. And that's what I loved about it is the fact that he brought in people that worked with him, brought in people that were inspired, brought in people that were just fans of his. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a healing thing. It was everyone coming together to remember him. It was really nice. The Saw's family. The Saw is family. You got to check out Life Force, right? I admittedly haven't watched it. I rented it and I was like, I'm way too tired tonight. I will fall asleep and I need to watch it all together. You don't want to go to sleep I just falling need to asleep to Life Force? Yeah. You know what? Listen, I'll let you off on this one, Jill, since you don't own Life Force and I don't oh own the Texas God. Chainsaw don't Massacre. Start with me here. <laughs> I think I think we can bet it out here. We can put it out on the podcast. Greg is fired from the <laughs> horror community until he buys Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm on double secret probation until I do so. <laughs> double secret probation. <laughs> but I do own Life Force on Blu-ray as well as the Fun House. So I think those two kind of counterbalance. Nope. No? I might have to go there's, with Greg on this there's one. No, no they have no correlation in this conversation. <laughs> and I adhere all wisdom to the princess, so what you say counts. Uh, it's the rule of law. It's the, <laughs> the decree. I have the Saw's family tattooed on me, so that's all that matters. No, you do <laughs> there we the, go. the final voice on everything. <laughs> in Saw-related conversation yes but it was nice to, and it's like i kind of said it's nice when i hear my friends come together like that and just everything ebbs and flows so nicely and like i said and I, actually i would like to go ahead and apologize for our portion because i realized when we sent it in <laughs> i totally flubbed and said tobey Hooper directed rebel yell when it was dancing with myself and I apologize to Patrick. I apologize to the spirit of Toby. And that's put, what put me on probation. I didn't know that day. So. I know. Well, no, trust me. To the minute fair. I, when he opened up with that song, and I was like, oh, my God. I totally flow. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, our, but our intent was also very sincere as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we meant well. <laughs> that's my defense for everything. I meant well. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but it was nice to see everything come together like that. And again, shout out to Patrick for doing that. For I think he went from around 11 to 7. Yeah. And that's just nonstop adoration <laughs> of Toby Hooper. Yeah, that was cool. That was it was great. But one of the things that you were involved with is Slaughter Movie House here in the Kansas City area. First Monday of every month, it's always free. You bring in wonderfully weird films, shorts, and so forth. Uh, but yeah. we recently had the opportunity to engage in a friend of ours, Stacy. Uh, she's putting together and hosting a monthly thing there at the Screenland Armor now, and it's the uh, Mondo Cult Film Showcase. And it's also in L.A. at the Egyptian once a month. So, As ma- so I'm, I'm see- glad to see if it's expanding. It. Yeah. it started there. It did? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see it's expanding. <coughs> we have the opportunity to do that. And the reason I bring this up, because the last time you were on, you were just starting and really promoting a film that you had been part of as a producer, and we had a chance to check out the short, uh, but of BFF Girls. We had a chance to see it finally, BFF girls. which was kind of transformative <laughs> in more ways than one. It was wild. I loved it. I thought it was funny and like hilarious. <laughs> but before Did I we... cut you off before you said Mondo Cult Showcase. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, no, before we officially <laughs> talk about BFF girls, I wanted to just share your guys' thoughts on everything that we were exposed to, because as Stacy said, it was kind of a cool mixtape of shorts, weird commercials. Mm-hmm. Were there any standouts for you guys? Oh yeah. There's Oh yeah, there was some there was one that made me sad. Which one? The cat one. Wh- which one? <laughs> the, there were several not, cat not ones. Not the funny cat one, the sad cat one. I was like <laughs> mm, stop it, Stacy. You know, but like <laughs> but 
<laughs> there was that really beautifully animated but sad. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. It was like Liquid Television pre- presents Sarah McLaughlin. And so like Oh my god. <laughs> it's true. It's funny because it's it, true. It, it, made, it made me sad, but then after that everything else was was hilarious and awesome. Well, then the other cat short it, when they opened it it said it starred Elizabeth Perkins and I had to think for oh, a second okay. and I was like, "Wait a minute, is that is that the Elizabeth Perkins? Big's Elizabeth Perkins and sure shit it was." Yep. And it was a that one was a fanciful little cat tale. Is was the animated one called Call of Cuteness? Yeah, the, something the, like that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. This just sad. Yeah, it was. It was and it sad. affected the crowd actually. I mean, people were bummed after that. <laughs> I was. I was like, I think Stacy yeah. even said sorry, but it's going to go up from here, and it, it did actually because the one that really stood out for me was the longest of the night, but when it took the turn from kind of a cliched action short into just standalone musical, mm-hmm. that one was a nice surprise. The hard yeah. way. The hard way. Yeah. I don't know, and I knew nothing about it. In fact, I went into this thing totally blind, which is probably the best thing you can do with something like this mm-hmm. because then everything, it just hits you. Um, that was such a nice surprise because it was just, the choreography was good. The, the gore itself was good. I mean, you yeah. could definitely see it would show up in a Mondo Cult film showcase. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that as a full-length feature. I'd totally watch it. I think it was perfect right at like 30 minutes the way it was. I don't know if it could extend itself into something mm-hmm. as a full feature. Who knows? Maybe you could. My yeah, my only thing was I almost either want it to be a feature or it to be shorter. Sure. As a short, it I don't know. Maybe I'm just too programmed to stuff needing to be 15 minutes or shorter. You know. Yeah. With the, shorts. The Red Lobster one was funny until it took a dark turn. Um, like, that's like one of my favorite shorts I've ever seen. I've seen yeah. a couple of festivals now. It's called Great Choice. Um, it's the best. What it manages to do is incredible. Like yeah. It's, hilarious weird and then somehow becomes like actually emotional yeah sad and very um poignant it takes you on the weirdest journey through fred lobster Mm -hmm. but it remains both funny and it's something you'd almost see at like adult swim at like four in the morning right it's like those too many cooks or like uh the footage of a bear But like jill said there's some genuine but it has something to say yeah oh yeah absurd for absurdist points and in the other, my other favorite was Alan Anders, the one that looked like the stand-up, and oh. it was just like and in this loop that Perpetual was like hilarious, of... but it very dark. That one hit me hard. That one I affected love me. That I I was laughing, and then like about halfway through, I just stopped laughing. I like I couldn't laugh. I was like, I was just like kind of like shrinking in my seat, like oh my <laughs> god, I feel this man's pain. You know, it was it was dark. It it, it, yeah, it was, was very dark. Yeah, well, that was funny watching <clears throat> some people react. And laughing in a dark understanding that it's dark humor way, and then other people looking at those people like, "Oh my God, why are they laughing at this?" or "Or why are they laughing at it?" Oh, like it's hilarious, but yeah, it's like the the bleakest humor. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a, a wonderfully shared experience, but that did ultimately culminate in BFF girls, and I completely forgot that you're Ours part is not of it. Dark humor at all? No, it's no, it's, uh, the it's most technicolor bubbly, humor. Shy, happy. It was the injection Bubbly. of positivity we needed at uh-huh. that point. <laughs> and it, it played perfectly. It was so much fun. But when you showed up, I completely forgot you have a little cameo. Oh, yeah, I don't even spoilers. really talk about the cameo, but it's hilarious and disgusting. It, well, yeah. Like, it, <laughs> everybody's like, look, there's Jill. Yay, Jill. Like, oh, oh, it's Jill. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the second shot. I didn't even know it was going to be that involved in that that much of a blood situation well and that's the thing this this little short is we can talk about that it's not the 
films and playing for a while. But there's a shot like right between my legs of blood coming out of my crotch, basically. I'm wearing shorts, but um, but I just thought it'd be like a little bit painted on my leg, this really quick thing. But no, they're like rigging a whole hose and they're ready to like just make it like gush. And I'm like, I didn't. Eat. I luckily I brought multiple pairs of pants. Just think, I didn't know what I was gonna, what they wanted me to wear. Yet. Right out of what I brought and I'm like oh my I didn't really even know I was getting full on drenched <laughs> Sam Raimi style it was style. awesome actually it, like, it's effective I never get to be in that stuff and then in, I got to like do one of the squibs when we had one of the other another character that like get shot and so that was really fun just to be in there and like get drenched I was like it was exciting and nerve-wracking. They're like, do it when I tell you. I'm like, I'm going to ruin this shot. But it was so fun. I'm like, do I get assistant special effects person? No, I don't deserve it. <laughs> um, that was the most fun movie ever to make because it's just insane. And Oh, my God. It comes off on screen that way. So that much is, is guaranteed. What you even mentioned before, like, you know, your job as a producer in this case, this is definitely what you can put on there. You What did... And you even said you're like, I, I don't know what I did as a producer, but obviously. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's not that I don't know what I did. It's when people ask, like, what is a producer? Harder There's to not define. like this, this like simple definition. But then I realized it's, I guess, basically you're just like a problem solver. Like just everything that you need to figure. I mean, from the start, it's like, what yeah. do we need at a location? I'll, like, I'll start calling people. We need an actor. I'll start seeing who knows who that looks like that or. It's just like you just find the things you need, so the director doesn't ha can like focus on the creative stuff versus the whatever. More right. like I like will find these things, present it to them, and they're like okay, and pick something. The facilitator. Um, but I really like producing. I like to like organize and like make things happen. I'm like mm -hmm. that's what actually what makes writing so painful for me. I'm like I can't stand this process. Like I need something that's ready to be made right now. <laughs> like that's who I am, but. I don't, yeah. I would like to produce more for people, like more stuff that I don't direct. Like any particular, like, you want to stick with the, uh, like, cartoon drama? You want to go into horror? You want to produce, like. Which is crazy that I produce Brian. Yeah, because Brian's movie is nothing like anything I've done. Right. But I guess that's a lot. A big reason why I wanted to do it, and I'd seen Brian's work before, and he's a really accomplished director. I, want, I really only want to work with people I think I can learn from mm -hmm. and grow with. So, I wouldn't just work with anybody. You got to be taking your shit seriously and right. be good at it. <laughs> um, Brian is really good. He's way more experienced than I am. But you are, I mean, you're soaking it all up, and that's the thing. That's what that's, I was trying to do. Yeah. I'm like, I thought like, I was an org, like a really organized planner for my stuff. I'm like, he's on a level way above my organization. <laughs> well, if you fuel yourself with wrap Go, snacks, Brian. I'm sure you will actually you reach that next level. Anything. That's indeed. Get shit done. All you need is all you need is the right project and wrap snacks. You got this shit. <laughs> but if you are in the Kansas City area, make sure you're checking that out once a month there at the Screenland Armor. And then next month, she said the theme was, I believe, Sex and Satan. Yes. And if the movies of the 60s taught us anything, those two things go hand to hand exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good time. Uh, so I'm just glad we got to screen BFF Girls finally after hearing about it so much and running the festival circuits. I have to plug BFF Girls in general. Everyone needs to follow it because we're screening at like three, four festivals every week. We have been all month. Yeah. We will for the next couple months. Brian has submitted that thing to a lot and, and we've been invited to a lot it's insane i keep up with them on my website and 
just when I look it up, I'm like, oh my God, how many screenings is BFF Girls having? <laughs> They've already had, so I don't even know, like 40 or 50. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And you know what? It's well-deserved, too, because it was a really good short, like really good. One of the highlights. And one that had a lot of heart. Yeah. That was the best thing about it, the fact that it was just over-the-top gory, but at the same time, it had a nice message to it. Yeah. And I know that's one thing you've always mentioned before, that you're, you know, you're very into a style, but you want story first more than anything. Yeah. And something it's, like that had a nice little... It's great when people really have really got what, like what, they were, what Brian and Tori wanted people to get from it, because it's you know very rides a thin line because it's very <laughs> gross but ultimately we're trying to say that it's not in real life it's not gross right <laughs> <laughs> some people have definitely not got it but we are proud as fuck of it so you guys don't get it that's your problem right <laughs> <laughs> i i dug it uh been i'm like this movie big. is made by like 75 percent women the cast is like all women, maybe like two dudes and like 10 girls. I'm like, this is not offensive to women. Trust me. Like, what's made by women. I don't know if... Okay, I'm going on a spiel, but I just want to no, put that out nope. there. Yeah. We're all really proud of it, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're proud to promote it. I'm proud to even be associated with you by proxy, so <laughs> congratulations on everything and the continued success as a producer. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, um, I had the chance recently to kind of see behind the scenes, if you will. Of he- heavy is the head that he- wears the, the crown. crown. Yeah, that and it's again. It's a little rough wearing the crown here. Again, I have to turn the AC off. You have a little little fan in the background and genius's squiddly diddly arms. I know, right? I was like, clip, 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 clip. Anyway. <laughs> it was like the ready to die poster. We did that. We, Last we, time, we tried yeah. to reenact oh, the photo. Oh. <laughs> It, it doesn't Burber. work, sadly. No. <laughs> uh, but I had the chance and the opportunity to, number one, participate in the world of the, 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 film a- the filmography of One Jill. Um, you shot some scenes in my bathroom. And then, which <laughs> sounds, sounds great. It, it's not bad at all. Yeah, the only thing is you didn't know that you were being filmed. <laughs> it was like okay, that is the theme of my other movie, though. Forty-two counts. <laughs> there That's we go. The true. real freak here in Kansas City that was filming someone. It's a nice segue. Anyways, actually, we can go anywhere with that one. We're going back to filming in Greg's bathroom back. for a movie with <laughs> permission, with legal permission. But what was really cool was the fact that I got to see the entire process. Covering my producer's legal. I was going to say right, NDA. exactly <laughs> legal permission. Sign documents. Please go to six name to see the thing. <laughs> All above board. But even we the were, fact we were shooting a trailer um, <coughs> for a feature film we have in development called Permanent Address. Um, uh, produced by now my good homies Morgan Brown and Joe Wicker, and written by Eric Stoles. Now I feel like a commercial, but I gotta tell everybody what's up. Absolutely, um, Eric Stoles, not the redheaded actor that might first. Come That's to what mind. I was about to say. I was about to say Eric Stoles, like like mask Eric Stoles. <laughs> But Eric nah. Stoles, who also wrote Late Phases, that badass Ooh. werewolf. Oh, that film. is a badass werewolf movie. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. I've been attached to the project for a little over a year and we were accepted into frontiers film market. So it's all, it's, we decided to make a, like a concept piece just to help, you know, sell the, like the vision and the tone of the film. Often people do that anyway with their, when they're like shopping a film around because Mm -hmm. 
pictures and script can only say so if you have like something to show them it yeah. makes all the difference so we wanted we shot a, basically a trailer for a film that doesn't yet exist but uh we needed in a bathroom it's actually for an apartment scene where that we shot in a totally different location and we needed a bathroom that looked like it would match and that it was in the same place you can't even tell Movie have magic. i even shown you it I should have showed you before we started this. I'll show you guys. Okay. Wait, don't tell Morgan. Morgan, I won't give them the password. Don't worry. He's just, he, she's just going to show, show it us. on my phone. She's just going to show Greg Greg's bathroom. That's <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at this. Yeah. But the film Seen is, it. um, <laughs> it's about a woman who has just moved to a new city to start over and she moves into this like tiny crappy apartment that of course ends up haunted, being haunted by two ghosts. And one of those ghosts resides in the bathroom. So we wanted to do this little bit from the film for the trailer where she kind of first sees it. And it's we like did this trope, but when you actually see the ghost, it's in a way you have, I've never seen in a film. So it was a lot of fun. I've never done like supernatural effects like that before. So it was, that was challenging. And we it, it turned out really awesome. And, um, I, and to see it from start to finish, from literally the time that everyone from like your production design team, um, your, you know, everyone through your directors of photography, to see them collaborate and to see it come together was, it was really cool. Like you see behind the scenes stuff in movies all the time, but to literally see the time invested and spent into what I can't imagine was that long of a mm -hmm. shot in the trailer itself to all that That's work insane. for that. Yeah. yeah. And just also the hues and the coloring, everything that was coming out of my... It was it was just we neat made to his experience. bathroom this creepy, sick, sickly green light. Like we were inspired by. Um, well, I was, I've been thinking about a green vibe for this film from the start. I've been putting together like look, in, look book type stuff for a long time, mm -hmm. and a lot of the inspiration was like the look of like Zodiac has a lot of green in it, or Nightcrawler, or uh, all kind. Pulled them from all different movies, mm -hmm. even stuff from like Spring Breakers because they use all different colors in there. But I really wanted a lot of green, especially when it, like scary stuff is happening in the film. Mm -hmm. And then we found the shot that I only now realized is from, uh, oh, I'm going to fuck up the director's name, but that new film Climax that's in the horror scene that's directed by the guy who did Enter the Void. It's like yeah. blowing Gasper up Noe. Yeah, mm -hmm. in this, in this, on the film festival scene right now. But we found this shot of this girl in the bathroom with this super harsh green light. Like everything else around it was super dark. We we're like, that's the look of the bathroom we're going for. Um, but yeah, I love that. I, and it was so cool to work. Our gaffer, Corey Vetter, is the first time I worked with him. Um, he like nailed that the look. Him and Jordan, the DP. I, you know, I love like doing color and having like a dramatic look that's like obviously not natural. No one's bathroom is neon green, but it look, looks looks fucking cool. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> and again, just to see everyone collaborate, um, even like when they're doing um, who was was doing like the pull focus. Yeah. From the side. Just Which seeing is, that. Megan. Yeah. It's so many people, if you don't know that, to make something happen. And that's like a tiny crew, like on a big thing, on a a big huge shoot they would have like five camera assistants like we just have one so, you know basically one person operates a camera is like holding it moving it whatever you're doing with it and the someone else is focusing so not, not someone doesn't have to move and focus at the same time but on a big shoot you have like five camera assistants everyone's doing just one thing that's how you get every shot perfect and you don't the less you have to redo a take because every little thing that can go wrong 
Mm-hmm. It's like the performance will be perfect, but the camera was over there. Now you see how many things you have to get right in a shot. <laughs> and that's just it. The fact that for just a small little segment of a film, and that's one thing just regarding appreciation of a short, of a video, anything that you have to put all those things to come together to make it work is astounding. And I just don't think enough appreciation is given to the stuff that is put out there and how hard it is to put things out there. But then secondly, I got to act as an extra in one of the background shots. Yes. And now the the reason I bring this up, because you know me, I do not like being in the spotlight at all. Right. But the person I was talking to in the background, when you were like, you know, we're shooting, cut, he kept his normal voice. And I'm like, and I started doing this to talk back to him because like, dude, I don't think <laughs> you should be using your normal voice. But I didn't want to be rude and not react back to him. But I didn't know how much would be picked up. And I didn't know if you'd be like, Staring Don't, daggers. I never even had <laughs> no cut. idea that was happening. Horse like, shit. Get Greg out of here. Get off the goddamn set. Like security. <laughs> well, I didn't know how much sound would pick up or this or that, and I'm just like, dude, don't be. Die. And I didn't want to be rude to him. We're gonna hear a snort in the fucking trailer. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, my apologies. Everyone in the bar scene will be sad because we cut that scene so short. So sh- um, we cut the whole interaction out with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, that's a scene from the film, but once we put the trailer together, it was almost four minutes long, and we had a presentation of eight minutes timed at Frontiers, so we're like, we can't, we wanted it to be like two and a half minutes, maybe even two at most. We're like, this is insanely long. What the hell are we doing? (laughs) So we just show her in the bar, like, for a second, taking a drink, really. It's like a split moment. We spent... You never know, but I'm like, we spent half a day there. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, just getting the lighting correct. It's unreal. And that's, again, it gave me a deeper appreciation of everything that goes into that. But ultimately, it is to transition to the presentation at Frontiers. Frontiers. Yes. Well, Frontiers is at, held within Fantasia. Okay. That's why I got them, confusing. all my Fs together. Um, but Frontiers <laughs> up. is at Fantasia <laughs> and can. Um it's a film market that selects projects that are in development, like almost mostly looking for financing. And they selected 20 for Frontiers this year. We were selected and we got to pitch that use that eight minutes. And then they have three and a half days where it's solid meetings, like 20 minutes a piece back to back, five minutes between each one, like where they ding a bell. Like it's like this whole organized thing. And we say at the same table and then people just keep coming up. Oh my goodness. But it's all like super exciting meetings, like huge companies that have financed all these movies that you've heard of and like. Like we even met with Netflix and Warner Brothers and stuff. Um, Wow. But our budget's tiny. It's like to some people like that, it's like, sure, if you are interested, sure, we'll make it for $5 million, but (laughs) um, not what we're trying to do. (laughs) Um, But it was so exciting. And insanely exhausting. Having like basically the same conversation over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm being hypnotized now. Where am I? <laughs> it was weird. The difference was I'm such a party animal normally at these festivals. And I just like somehow just keep going with like no sleep. But I couldn't do that for this because it was like we we're working for eight right. to ten hours every day. It's like this is actually working. I mean, it's fun, but, it, but I can't be end, up till yeah. five in the morning and be at a meeting and look like a decent human being at nine. And you you want to you want to buy the movie? No, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eating wrap snacks all, all oh, over. Oh man, I sh- <sighs> I was telling them I should have brought wrap snacks. Wait, <laughs> this is this all comes full circle. I first was introduced to wrap snacks on set while we were filming the trailer for permanent. 
for yeah for this which is only in may i've I had seen them my whole life, but I never tried them because I'm mm-hmm. like, what are those things? Are th- they can't be real. <laughs> but now that they've been around this long, I should have known this because they're actually good. Yeah, like, they're delicious. We could have been partying like this years ago. My Shit. producers, they were in town from L.A., so, and they had never seen them. They bought every <coughs> single flavor when they saw them and brought them to set. So yes. we all tried them, every single one. The craft service table and in my dining room was nice. Amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, we brought the rest over. Yep. Um Best day of my life. <laughs> Ever the since. Day I found rap snacks. The day I found rap snacks. Like a transcendent day. So I told them we should bring it and offer them to each person we have a meeting with, but that would I wouldn't have had enough rap snacks, I don't think, to, to mail them in. You like box of a hundred. I was gonna say ultimately meeting. you can do a like a follow up letter and everything. Thanks for your time, by the way. What you need to do is you need Here's to see some rap, rap snacks. snacks. Figure out how the way they make those like the, you know how they have those boxes of individually wrapped like lunch boxes uh, for like lunch boxes and shit you should like those little wrap snack things and like submit it with you yeah like hey not a bribe but like uh, more where (laughs) this came from more where this came from you get a little dab of ranch (laughs) Mm, yes (laughs) wait back to frontiers that was that was fueled on by rap snacks. That was fueled by rap snacks. No wait, so we'd have these meetings that would go to like five thirty, and then there was a this lovely fancy cocktail from six to eight Ooh. on the rooftop. Ooh. Where it was just everyone you just networked with every mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. So we we really didn't see very many movies. We and then we would try to see a movie at like nine every night. It was just insanity. Um, but the greatest time. I've been depressed since I got back. <laughs> Coming back like, to the can re- I go yeah. back to Fantasia land? <laughs> it's aptly named Fantasia. And yes. You, you know what? That's real. After coming back from a from a like a con or something like that or a film festival, coming back to the real world soon. When you've immersed yeah. yourself in, but like you said, it was just nonstop repetition through that. Yeah. And you yourself, you're an admitted person, and I say this as an as an introvert, as someone that's not necessarily comfortable going out for that. How much of that was a challenge for you and the fact that you conquered it and did so well? I mean, were you just like, yes? Um, it was a huge help that I wasn't there like alone. Had your group, yeah. And we just got super prepared because, yeah, I'm a, like presenting. It was like presenting in front of maybe like three, 400 people. It was like my worst nightmare. <laughs> and so I was horrified like the weeks leading up to it. But we scripted out what we were going to say yep. and we're rehearsing it like on Skype two weeks prior that's awesome and i had i was just, like walking in the morning and just like reciting it in my head but then when i'd practice it with them i'd be like fumble it and i'm like am i gonna be able to do this in real life or only by myself um but then when i got there i started hearing other groups and talk about how they didn't even have theirs memorized yet and i saw people reading theirs off a lot of people read theirs off cards we were maybe only a few people that had it memorized so once i saw that i was like we are, we got this in the back like we know what we're saying we've been practicing for weeks and the fact that we've all been a team for over a year. Yeah. Like, it's... That's really helpful. We didn't just, like, meet each other a month ago. Right. Um, I, it was great. And the meetings were... They're so focused on the business side. Not a, not a lot of creative. So it's a lot of me and Eric, the writer, staring at Morgan in the middle of us <laughs> at, talking about money and, like the tax incentive and all these like detail stuff that we have nothing to do with. So we were like, so sorry, Morgan to give us lines. Yeah. What should we say? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll say, where's the bag of cash? Is what yeah, it's yeah. like, we just expect someone to come up with a bag of cash. You become the finance hype man and hype yeah. woman, basically. <laughs> but you, you talk about it, though. This, it's a team effort. You know, you're surrounding yourself with people that you then can collaborate and just pr- produce really good work. And that's something I don't think um, the movie crypt guys always talk about finding your film family. And that's yeah. part yeah. of it. And, that's yeah, and I know the guys, Morgan and Joe, were really impressed with how everyone pulled everything together so fast. Like, we found out we got into Frontiers, and a week and a half later, we were shooting the trailer. We didn't even have a script for it until, like, that day we found out. I was like, I'll write a script for the trailer right now, because it's just pulling pieces Mm -hmm. from the movie. But since they didn't live here, and they were going to be flying in, and they didn't haven't worked with my team yet, they were nervous, like, can can we really pull Mm -hmm. it off, pull it together in a week? I'm like, yes, we can. Um... It was awesome. And it was like a great, like almost test run for us all to work together before we jump into like a month of shooting. A little trial run. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's producing producing well. It worked. And it's like, we think it did really well that we got a lot of compliments on the trailer at Frontiers. And it's like given us a cup, like helped us with a little offers got bigger, but we're, we don't have the film funded, but we have exciting things possibly happening. We can't talk about. <laughs> That's good. It's it's exciting to see it because, like I said, seeing it firsthand, and now obviously getting to see the trailer as well. I'm from, looking forward to that. From your bathroom to Hollywood, dude. Ba- <laughs> Wasn't Corey in here early building a whole like shower curtain because he doesn't have a like he yeah. has a, he has one, like the beautiful old clawfoot tub, and we wanted that style with like a full round curtain and his we had to build put a whole thing in there to hang a curtain <laughs> it was amazing to watch like i said from just this from my normal bathroom to something that was shootable like that it was really cool the process the transformation was it like watching extreme home makeovers like <laughs> in your own home just genre horror genre version yeah, yeah. there we go <laughs> that's amazing this that's all a haunted house <laughs> yeah, we'll take your house and make it look horrifying I t- like I, a worse wait, house flippers Wait, we need to make this show. Right? I know, right? Right? Hauntify Copy, my house. That's copyrighted. Don't take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, I felt like I was walking in like a Jallo film with the lighting and everything. I was waiting yeah. for someone with some... Well, actually, you then... God help me. This is what Jill always likes to do. She likes to mess with me quite a bit just because she knows I'm a fragile human being here. <laughs> Did but you stand the, out the bay window no, looking at her? Even worse, she shot that. this like shot of like this ring-esque Samara thing crawling out of the tub. And it was, it was just like the shot is like, you're welcome. And it was just frightening. I was like, well, I'm never using that again. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> that might actually be the picture I post for this episode because uh, why not just it let it be. everyone just or freak everyone the, out? There needs to be a whole album for this episode because we got dab. Rap snacks. We got you mm-hmm. dabbing. Da- we got rap snacks. snacks. We're going to have some chainsaw pictures. Well, that might be a different episode. Well, what we should do is you should put the, uh, the picture of that, but like, in, as the hand has a bag of wrap snacks. <laughs> just, just go to Jill's uh, Instagram site. I'm sure we'll all be documented there. And I'm sure a lot of it, I'm just going to find. I know my just... way in. So I, 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 could, <laughs> I know I my way in your I, house. No, and not, in the bathroom. I'm, I'm talking about wrap snacks right oh, okay. now, obviously. <laughs> okay. Obviously. I connected with nice the wrap snack CEO already. I'm trying to make a fucking documentary. Haven't heard from him since. I actually talked to him on the phone like in July, and then he hasn't won't respond to my emails. I'm calling you out, James, here on Nightmare Junkhead. Um, I want to make a documentary, so I'm serious. But maybe be... we should start by I will make a Rap Snacks commercial for free. And I'm just going to like post it and send it to him. And he's going to be like, this is fucking sick. We're going to make it like a horror-themed one. You that guys just awesome. gave me the idea. We there we do go. Stuff. Done and done. We can. I'm sure we can brainstorm like the Halloween Rap ideas. Snacks. 
the Halloween wrap snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like a horror one for Halloween, everybody loves wrap oh, snacks. Man, and too Halloween. bad we couldn't have tied it into the sequel of Tales from the Hood. That one was just getting ready. You know you what? You want That's... the snacks. You will get the snacks. You will be knee deep in, in the, the snacks. snacks. So obviously we've you know you've done a lot of things here lately and you mentioned it it's kind of hard for you to see films but you have seen a few films here and there and I wanted to get your opinion I see the films You see the good films um I've got a few I want <laughs> to hear your opinion on and I'm pretty sure you've seen them but first um it's, it's a very divisive film so I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts were but uh what did you think of Hereditary hmm. And if you, this is why we need divisive. a visual component. The 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 eyebrow work just Jill I just thought did. you were gonna do so, ask something way more. Oh no no no! We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I like it a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anything in particular that you enjoyed? Um. Well, I would call it like a extremely sad and disturbing film, not a scary film. And I think that's the only like. The only thing that peop- maybe people could be like, I don't understand, because it's not like a horror film. It's about the horror of like death, real life death. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just curious. Now, the second one, I, yeah, we, the, Gina's just, he couldn't stand the I, film. I he had a lot of issues movie. with it. It, was, it, was, it physically made me angry. So like, I think it's because it worked on you. <laughs> you, you think it I, worked? I think that's because it's that good. I no no it it upset me because it wasn't that good that's why I was angry at it I wasn't angry like it shook me to my core I was angry at it I'm like what the fuck movie like be better I don't know it's like I don't know it's like that's that's horrible because a lot of people worked hard but at the same time it's like ah it's just I I did not care for that I'm on the team fuck that movie well, we even had a good audience for the film as well, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people said the scene, depending on the audience you saw with, if they were, and Dara, and I'm just etiquette wise. Yeah, the yeah. Let's I'm talk just about gonna that. say, just you, if, you know, the work that goes into these films, be respectful at any kind of a theater showing. I don't care if it's a Mondo Cult film showcase. I don't care <laughs> if it's at you know your local screen. Don't in, don't heckle the films. Bottom line. Have be fun, respectful. But have, have fun, fun, but shut the fuck up. Hooting and hollering, yeah. I don't mind, but you know, just don't add your own commentary. You're for, not making for it every better. fucking thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there because I know a lot of people had hereditary ruined because the audience was they turned against it, they were disrespectful, they were laughing at like inappropriate places and this and that. And I that's the thing that well, is the biggest issue. You have to know issue. when to see movies. You, you can't see movies with like all the teenagers on Friday night, especially like a serious movie like that. Oh, I right. Well, like, a problem with, I feel like the problem with a movie like that is, same with The Witch, same with anything that isn't, like, your traditional, like, slasher, slasher, almost, like, low-brow horror movie. Mm -hmm. If you, like, pitch it, or you promote it like the scariest movie ever, people are all going to see it and be like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Right. Everyone is just so fucking dumb and upset about every. I just, I'm so sick of all of it. It's like. All the negativity? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. We, I mean, even though Genius Dude didn't like the film, I didn't go around and, and in the movie theater, man, there's some more bullshit. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I did it after the movie, but not during. You know what I'm saying? There's 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 movie etiquette. You know. Well, also that you talk about. There's the hyperbole that goes along with it. That people say it's the scariest yeah. film they. But, yeah. And this also speaks to, kind of the when we when you had when we were here the last time we talked about Monster, 
which you know isn't a traditional horror film but has those horror elements into it and hereditary i definitely think is more of a horror film but it's definitely one of a slow burn and the dread in it is just awful yeah and some of the like with tony collette when she was like going off on her kid and every time she did she'd cover her mouth at just the awfulness of this it affected me man it was one of those that i again i'm a fragile nature so i think no, i'm more susceptible to those films but whoo it good it took I mean, I've never shown heavens. like real death, like shown that raw and like the reaction to it, like ever in a film. It's un well. I, if did you ever get to watch um, Twin Peaks, the TV show? No. It's I'm not so much on season two, but the first season's great. But the opening episode it shows people grief, the dealing with loss in such a real way um, that it just is one of those things that just struck me. And like it's people processing real grief, and it's 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 unsettling. It's nasty. It's horrific, hmm. and something like that. I just thought it was it, it. It struck me to my core. So now it's just one of those that. Now the other one I want to talk about because this is another very interesting one. I'd be curious with your perspective. Was did you get to see Revenge? Yes. What were your thoughts on that? I absolutely love Revenge. And I so I saw that. Did you get to see that yet? Not Genius? yet. Not yet. Okay. I saw it as well. I saw it in a theater with just a handful of people, and it was really it was an interesting experience because it is a it's a revenge film. I mean, it is in the title, but it's also directed by and I'm I can't say her name, but it is a as a female director yeah. behind the lens of a revenge film, which is something you don't see very often. So yeah, which would, is what made it so so fresh. Um, and so I feel like she had so much to say with like every um, decision made, like. I think it it was it's very confrontational a lot of the decisions, and that's so intentional to me that it would it honestly blows my mind that anyone who's interested in film wouldn't understand what she was trying to say like that would take that the wrong like in any way that's not what it is because mm-hmm. um, her her name is Coralie Far, Far- for I know I, it's a French name we're not gonna say it right. But she's incredibly talented. I read this interview with her and the lead actress. They didn't set out to make like a rape revenge film. Um, like it wasn't like that was her start idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something that like it's a revenge film, but it's not like I want to make another spit on mm-hmm. my grave kind of right. film. Um, but she, she, with that main character, I don't, this isn't spoilery. Right. She, um, from the start, she's, she's almost like the type of woman that a lot of people would blame. She's kind of a lot of things that people would easily say it's her fault. She's like dripping in like sex. Like she's gorgeous. She's like not ashamed of her sexuality. She's like this blonde bombshell and she's having an affair with a married man. She's not shame. She's like Mm -hmm. not shameful about that. Um, All these things that people would like, it makes it almost easy for you to be like, be like turn into this nasty person i think that's intentionally the director at confronting us like are you going to feel that way about her because of how of how she is does that mean she deserves to be raped um because i'm like i think that really upset people though because it is so confrontational and even it's even shot like an it's an you know a revenge exploitation film it's shot like that like the camera goes up and down her body um she's super sexualized when she's like being sexual, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. in the rape scene. The rape scene is not sexualized. That's the difference. Um, and I just think that was so smart and has so much to say. Like, it doesn't matter who she is. If she's having an affair with this yeah. married guy, right. if she's like, 
tramps around in a bikini and dances with all her, his friends. Like none of that invites this. And yeah. that's like that. It's in, incredibly incredible decisions, I think. And then she be, ends up becoming almost this, this like fantastical character by the end of it. She's like becomes a character. Like I feel like you could dress as her. Like she's yeah. now she becomes iconic by the end of the film. I think like it was everything about it is so smart and so intentional. And to me, like you can't deny that it's not just someone just and a, a man can't make that same movie. Unfortunately, that's what makes the difference between that and all those movies from the seventies that try to do that because mm-hmm. they don't know how a woman re- would react and there. And it's not, I don't know what it, I just think that that movie is so powerful. Every decision that she made. And it also, you mentioned it works on so many different levels. And that's why I think it's a shame because I don't think enough people will get... This is one I'll probably find an audience on because I know it's coming to Shudder yeah. mm-hmm. in September, actually. Yeah. So by the time this episode was released, you can probably see it on there. But yeah, no, it was one of those that, like I said, I've seen it with a crowd and seen feeling people react to it because it's an ugly it's an ugly film but it's a beautiful film as well the oh, way yeah. it's shot it's so beautiful stylish. in its ugliness oh my goodness it is it's like this pink or orange blue the color palette is so beautiful because it's set in the desert which is very unique too we don't we see like people right. running through the woods all the time mm-hmm. in horror movies but just that like orange ground and perfectly she had this hot pink earring in her ear the whole thing is beautifully designed but um i think people what some people that have problems with revenge films but like then you should have a problem with every revenge films and just not watch them is that like the things that they do that are like a little are unbelievable like we might not have actually recovered from that or been able to do those things in real life and i'm like it's a fucking revenge yes it has a fan fantasy element to it Mm -hmm. all of them do like whether it even if it's set in this world like give give me a fucking break do you think um, John Wick can really do that shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like that's how all of those films are. Yeah. So if you're going to when people break it down like that, I'm like, give me a fuck. Yep. You're not even yep. in this movie world with us anymore. Exactly. Um man, I love it. Yeah. And I, I first saw it at Chattanooga and I walk out oh. like just so stoked from it and some guy was walked up to me and was like, "Did you like that?" and like was ready to like start some debate and I was like, "I loved it and I don't even want to talk here about it and just walked away." <laughs> I'm like, "I don't I feel like I'm like That's I think people think it's too exploitative and sexualized. I'm like it has like so much reason for it. It's saying something. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just doing it to do it. Well, and it's one of those rare films also that puts the dare I say the sex gaze upon the male as well mm-hmm. um like that final scene not, not spoiler oh, alert, yeah. but yeah i mean and that dude's super hot and he's it, a piece of shit yeah it's it's yeah, a, you see the spoiler alert <laughs> right well there's just a lot of nudity and blood at the end on the man's part yes it is on the man's part uh you so Penis, what was the alert. what was the <laughs> <laughs> well you don't see that in modern films anymore so it, but what was the crowd reaction like was it a pretty big crowd um i saw i feel like i saw it on a sun, sunday afternoon a very awkward time slot you know not sure. like a night time because right. that's definitely a midnight kind um, of movie i think it might have played earlier the week and i couldn't see the late one yeah. um i don't even it, everyone just walks i don't know what the it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't much of a reaction in that audibly yeah, yeah. um it you know that it's very satisfying when you see her get her revenge on the, each of these guys yeah the comeuppance is always that much sweeter well and that's almost kind of what you want in a good revenge movie i mean you yeah. want the revenge to 
be vengeful. You know what I'm saying? You want the wicked to be punished in the most horrific ways. And the, like we said, even the the horrible part, the rape scene, is approached in such a unique way that it's so it's so like so effective, so upsetting, without you needing to see too yeah. much. Um, even just the way this other guy's friend reacts to it is even maybe even scarier than what's happened. It's all just horribly oh, yeah. disgusting and so, horrible. So it's it's is it exploitive or, or but yet it's not irreversible. The rape it's, scene is not exploitative. No, it's it's. I it's mean, just the way it's cut together. Mm. It, you're not even seeing that, but just like other things that are happening, and it's, it's theater so of the artful mind. Yep. and yeah. Okay. It's almost like the, that's, the time that's is still almost passing. Worse. Yeah, the time yeah. is still passing, but you're not seeing it all. Yeah, that's almost that could almost be worse in and your like mind. You said, just that like slovenly dude just eating um, and ew. yeah, no. It's almost like that what's scarier is what you what someone else is willing to like turn their head to and not help exactly. you. Ugh. Oh, it's all disgusting. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> it's but they get the, but they get their come up and so like well, and there's a scene that happens as like, well where she's kind alert, of yeah. it's a rape revenge movie. Well, Everyone's yeah, gonna get killed. Yeah, except for our badass. But her bitch. rebirth scene is also one so, that's it's such a like a phoenix yes. from the ashes lit story. And to me, that's a point that if you saw it with the, with a uh, again, the right crowd because these are films that you have to know the audience. I would have loved audience. to see it at like Fantastic Fest because people something. would it's react really to big... that scene. I think. Yeah. And it's it's you'll need to check it out. I have it's to check it out now. This go through Shutter. Yeah. Know, a little Shutter, Shutter shout out. out. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> and while you're there, watch my short film, The Style. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, Shutter is the bomb. Even if you weren't here and weren't my friend, I would still Dick give the stylist so much kudos and accolades it's just ridiculously good i mean just pathos and just like yeah why thank you <laughs> as i polish a crown like <laughs> dance you guys are ready to like <laughs> spit yep. shine on a boy <laughs> <laughs> well i guess uh, but we'll go ahead and wrap things up because we do have Rap some other thing. Up. Ra- oh damn it gonna- <laughs> oh my god the night that we first had him when I said it's a wrap, I said that's a wrap snack. Everyone starts saying that. Bring wrap snacks. See if I was well prepared like Jill was. <laughs> that's a could... wrap snack. Uh, but we do have something special as well that we're going to be working on. Uh, we're not going to release it here. Probably in the, I, I think we'll bookend actually uh, Jill episodes. The uh, we'll open up September and we'll close September out as well. So uh, until next time, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. <laughs>